Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Welcome back on board the Viking ship, I guess we could call it. Uh, yeah, but be careful. There's just a couple holes on this ship. Uh, just a few. Uh, about 36 holes. Uh, no, 34 holes, right? Uh, 34 to 6, the Vikings lose to the Indianapolis Colts. And when it comes to reviewing this game, I'm probably going to be about as talkative as Mike Zimmer was in his press conference. All you pretty much got was, no, no, no. Well, he looked fine. He fumbled the ball, though. That's kind of about it, and you kind of know who that might be, the guy who fumbled the ball. You might have an idea who that might be. Whatever, you know, whatever. Uh, 34-6 to at home to the Indianapolis Colts. Unreviewable game. Um, no offense, no push whatsoever. Uh, three and outs, three three and outs to open the game. Um, kept the uh, Colts to a field goal early on, but then when it looked like we were going to keep the Colts to another field goal, and this might be a Mike Zimmer type of game. Okay, you keep them, you keep sticking them in the field goal range, uh, kicking field goals. You keep pushing them into fourth down. Sure, you give up some yards in the uh, in the, in the, uh, the, the middle area of the field, so to speak, the non red zone area. Dare we call it? Dare we say? And then once the team gets in the red zone, the Mike Zimmer defense takes over, and okay, they have to settle for field goals, and then here we come. Maybe we sack the quarterback. Maybe we uh, force an interception, something, a fumble, some damn thing, as uh, Jerry Burns would say, but more on the offensive side of the ball with his squadron fly, squadron left, uh, Hail Mary passes, some damn thing, right? Uh, But here we are. Um, And we'll talk a little more about Jerry Burns in the third segment, fan interaction, but... uh, then you get uh, Linval Joseph jumping over the center. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what he's trying to do there, other than his excuse was he's trying to jump upward, just jump upward to try to block the kick or something. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what the point was. You know, like I'm like Mike Zimmer now. This is going to be a. This might be a very short uh, game review, and there really isn't a whole lot to say other than just rant and rant and rant and rant and rant. And it's almost like you know you want to pile on. And it, <laughs> and it's very easy to pile on, but it's almost like, what good is it going to do anyway? I mean, it's just depressing. You're seven and seven, a team against a team that's now also seven and seven, but even they would be ahead of us. Luckily, they're on the other side, but not that that matters. We're a hill of beans anymore. Uh, but no, Linval Joseph, it, it's just symbolic of the season right there. You know, multiple things here, symbolic of this season, other than Kai Forbath making both of his field goals which was not symbolic of the season, considering you had Blair Walsh as your kicker for more than half of the year. When there's a problem and there is a <laughs> competent kicker out there, because there always is a competent kicker out there. There is. They're not as hard to find as people want you to believe. When your guy's missing extra points on a regular basis, he's missing everything in sight, only oh, has a miniature little hot streak, just, you know, replace him. It's possible. I know you might not get somebody better, but Forbath has been consistent in his career. People are just worried that he didn't have a long leg, but, well, he made a 51-yarder today. So, Guy Forbath, there's your positive for the day, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, But symbolic of the season, again, was Linval Joseph's jumping over the center on that uh, field goal attempt. All of a sudden, it's automatic first down for the uh, Indianapolis Colts, and they very quickly score a touchdown with Robert Turbin. Robert frickin' Turbin. I mean, I'm still wondering who the hell that is. I kind of know who it is. I, I know, but I mean, still. 
you really more think of Frank Gore, even though you think of Frank Gore as a 49er, but still, Frank Gore, right? He's the main running back of this team. But Robert Turbin makes this, made this defense look like horse crap today. We weren't stopping the run the entire game. Um, Andrew Luck was sharp the whole day. But at the same time, some of those passes, sure, you're threading the needle and all that. But can't we deflect one of them? I mean, it's like not one pass was deflected the whole day today. Uh, the Colts had zero turnovers. They had the ball about 700, day, 700 minutes. The Vikings had it for like five seconds. Okay, it wasn't quite that bad, but it might as well have been. Um, luckily, the Vikings had the ball a lot more in the fourth quarter. Not that it mattered for a hill of beans, because it just didn't. Um, the second half, the Vikings had the ball significantly more than the first. But again, when you're down 27 nothing, whatever. And when the Vikings had the ball, it didn't matter all that much. Sure, we got into the red zone and such, a couple, uh, at least once. And then you, you screw up. Uh, you get in the red zone twice, actually. You're able to get a field goal late in the third quarter when it was just about over. Still 27 to uh, 27 to 3. Luckily, Indianapolis didn't score anymore at that point. But any single time you had some type of an opportunity in that first half to stay in the game, you just turn the ball right over again. Or you make some type of dumb mistake. You get a huge penalty that makes you have to punt. You go backwards. Stuff like that. Um... Time of possession dominated 37.02 by Indianapolis. Vikings had 23 minutes, basically, with just minus two seconds there. Uh, sure, you got some first downs in the second half. The first half was just insane. The Vikings only had two first downs in the entire <laughs> in the entire first half. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. Uh, third down efficiency, third of three of nine for the Vikings, seven of 13 for the Colts, and it might as well have been a lot more than that. Um, Adrian Peterson, though, shall we just shall we mention it now? We might as well. Uh, same old story. Now, of course, you got him down the, you know, you finally had some encouragement. You're getting him the ball a little bit, even though you're trailing, but you're making a drive. There's a chance for something here. You go forward, and next thing you know, after his best run of the day, the 13-yard run, what happens? What do you think happens? What does Adrian always do? What has he been known for? And what's going to keep him from being a first ballot Hall of Famer? And I think he'll be a uh, after first ballot Hall of Famer as far as I'm concerned at this point. 13-yard gain, what does he do? Just just, just tell me, what does he do? Tell me. What do you think he did? The same thing he did in the playoffs last year, right? Fumbled the ball. That's right. Fumbled it right back. Only six rushes on the day because the Vegas were down by so much. And it got to a point where it's just, just sit this son of a bitch down. We, we've had enough of this. That's it. Um, I don't want to even see him anymore. And I don't think anybody in this town does. He fumbled the ball again. <laughs> just, I'm done with Adrian Peterson. I'm sorry. Uh, Kool-Aid drinkers out there. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You're a bandwagon fan? Yeah, right. I'm a bandwagon fan. Real bandwagon. If, if I was bandwagon, I wouldn't be doing the show today. How about that? What do you think of that? I even didn't want to do it because of how depressing this is. And piling on, again, does not help anybody. Frank Gore and Robert Turbin, though. I mean, let's get back to that. I've said my piece about Adrian Peterson. This was a very good defense. all uh, Most of the year, the Vikings, that is. The Dallas game, they looked like legends. They looked like the team they're supposed to be when they tore up those Houston Texans. They crushed the Giants. They made him look like midgets. Yeah, okay, whatever. He get the idea. <laughs> they they frustrated uh, Aaron Rodgers. They they annihilated last year's MVP of Cam Cameron Newton. Annihilated him. Just crushed him. They even they even did a decent job on uh, Mariota in the second half of the Tennessee game. They didn't look good in the first half, did it? But things changed dramatically. But they couldn't even tackle 
an ancient running back who's older than Adrian Peterson, and then a backup who's no, who nobody's heard of. Uh, the second touchdown by Robert Turbin, though, was just, what the hell? I mean, yeah, he rushed six yards for the touchdown, but it was like nobody could take him. It was like five or six guys, linebackers. I mean, Eric Hendricks was awful the whole game. It's like he wasn't facing the right direction, and he was missing the tackle. He was taking a bad angle. It was as if the whole team was just like they stayed up all night and they didn't get any sleep. That's what they looked like. Just lethargic, incompetent, lazy. And and it left Mike Zimmer basically speechless after the, uh, the game. And he basically went as far as to say, I want people who can fight. And if you don't, you get your butt out of here. That's basically what he said at the press conference. That was at the end. That's the majority of the words he said the entire press conference, a five-minute press conference. Basically, he didn't say anything other than just, no, no, no. That's basically all I kept saying over and over again. And that pretty much leaves me at this, with the same emotions at this point. Couldn't even bring that Robert Turbin down. Like, what the hell? Like, it was literally like five or six missed tackles at the same time by the linebackers' defensive line and any type of safety that maybe tried to make a last-second stop at the very last, like by a toenail at the at the goal line, something like that. But, again, it's all for not. Um, oh, congratulations, the Raiders clinched the playoff berth, so they're in the playoffs for the first time in a long, 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 long time. And they're very much in the playoffs, and the Patriots have won their division for the eighth straight year and have the seventh straight uh, seventh straight first round bye. Congratulations to the soon-to-be Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. There's like, to me, yeah. I don't think there's anybody better than them right now. <laughs> no way. Um, until the Giants maybe have something to say about that with a with another one of their home run miracle runs. But yeah, sorry, that was just flashing on the screen. I had to mention that. I figured, but it's a little little more interesting than reviewing this game. I mean, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I mean, and Andrew Luck. Okay, we know he's a good quarterback, and oh, he was accurate as all hell. He literally seventy five percent, two hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns in the game. One to a guy, I mean, it was basically two Colts I never even heard of hardly. I mean, Robert Turbin again, it's like, okay, I, you know, I, I know I get frustrated. Uh, I might annoy people saying that. Okay, Philip Dorsett was the other one. That was just an embarrassing play at the beginning of the fourth quarter, right after the Vikings scored, <laughs> finally. Um, with hopefully, like, some, they were hoping for some kind of miracle, like, Buffalo Bills type comeback at that point, but it wasn't meant to be. Um, actually, the Vikings made a great comeback, didn't they, back in the... Uh, yeah, they did, way, way back in the day. They're down by 24, I believe, in the fourth quarter, but oh well. Old news now, right? That's <laughs> only 30 years ago, that's all, back in the mid-80s. Um, but no, the Philip Dorsett play, 50 yards, just made us look like idiots. Bad angles, and of course, again, the uh, Eric Swoop. I mean, Eric Swoop is a college basketball player who turned into a tight end, a big muscular tight end. 27-yard touchdown in that play. It was a good play, give him credit, but still... Still, you want to believe our defense could do something. Um, Andrew Luck has made makes a lot of mistakes. He's 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 not as good as Peyton Manning was for the Colts when when Manning was there. He's he's not at that level. He's he's not. Yeah, you know, another blue chip number one overall pick going to the Colts, and good for them and everything. And Luck goes good with the horseshoe. That sounds cool. It looks cool. But um, this is obviously the Andrew Luck that they. We're looking for the get-go, and of course, the guy that helped them have a great season a couple of years ago that only ended with the uh, getting them getting crushed by the Patriots. Um, and yeah, people want to make their little excuses there, but I think the Patriots would have won that game anyway, <laughs> just just maybe, right? Um, 
But no, Andrew Luck is a guy who's prone to make mistakes, especially when getting, you know, pass rushed, getting the crap beat out of him. Kind of like what this defense did uh, earlier in the season. And they didn't even show up to play at all today. Just lethargic again. Like they didn't even wake up. And that's the impression I get for this game. I don't really want to say much else. I'm, I, I, I really don't. Maybe we'll go over a couple of numbers just for the hell of it. Yep, Kyle Rudolph, the old nookie blankie for Sam Bradford. 97 yards, 10 targets, caught 8 passes. That's very good. Jarek McKinnon showing his value being that third down running back. And that's what he is in this league. I'd rather have Jarek McKinnon at this point than Adrian Peterson. Not because Jarek McKinnon is so good, but because Adrian Peterson is just whatever. You know? I mean, whatever. <laughs> he... We've paid him how much money the last three years? And how many games has he played? I mean, yeah, last year he finally stayed stayed healthy and off the, uh, you know, suspension list. Even though I do think the suspension for 2014 was a little bit on the harsh side. I think it was a little bit long, but that's just me. Um, but still, regardless, think of how many games this man has missed and how much he's gotten paid the last three years. I'm saying bye bye buddy. Especially with the Lakeith fumbles in important moments. Um, the Vikings had a chance to get back in this game and the asshole fumbled again. I mean, I have I, I had enough of it. Enough. That's what he did to us in 09. We realized what he was going to be during that season. We saw early indicators of it in 07 and 08 when he started, when he fumbled the ball fairly frequently. But then 09, late in that season against the Chicago Bears, you had that huge fumble and it was a big, big thing and it cost us home field advantage in the playoffs. So we had to go to New Orleans and he fumbled the ball away like it was a banana peel. I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing you ever saw. You, you'd think it was a greasy, a, a rabid, greasy pig. You'd think that, that that's what the ball was, just kicking him and running away from him. But no, it was just a, it's just a, it's just a dead, uh, dead pigskin. That's all it is. That's all it is. Forgive the, uh, forgive the terminology, but it's, it, it is what it is. That's what they call it, a pigskin. Um, too much, too many turnovers for this guy for what he's supposed to be. Absolutely no pass, uh, passing. Uh, Pass blocking whatsoever, unreliable in pass pass receiving as a, as a running back, and then you see Jerick McKinnon with nine catches, nine targets, fifty nine yards. That's the classic third down back that can keep the chains moving. Isn't that the object of the game? You know, it might not have to be a spectacular play every time. Just move the damn chains. That's the object of the game of football is to go forward, yeah, and get past the chains. And Jerick McKinnon at least did that more today, more than he did earlier in the season. But they weren't really using him that way as much. In fact, the passes were downright, they were just too damn short. That was one of the problems. At least in this game, you're able to move the ball slightly forward. But I'm sure the Colts were playing a little bit more, you know, a little bit more back than other teams would because they were ahead by quite a bit. (laughs) So they weren't all that worried. And the Vikings made idiot mistakes at the end of the day. Stefan Diggs, um, teams have definitely focused on him and... Yeah, it's just unfortunate. He would have had a much bigger game today, but in, in, Sam Bradford was basically on his back when he was gonna, was about to be on his back when he was throwing the ball, so that didn't help either. Jarius Wright finally saw some action. He got a two-yard reception in the game, another super short play. Adam Thielen, we thought he caught the ball, but apparently he didn't, and he was hit in the shoulder area. It looked like he was a blow to the head, but they called it a... Uh, Unsportsmanlike conduct, and that helped the Vikings move forward for a little while. There gave us a, a little hope, even though even though it was already at a point when the Vikings were down by a lot. So, I don't know. I don't really want to say much more about this. At the end of the day, absolutely no sacks against an offensive line that wasn't that good. 
with the Indianapolis Colts. Bradford was on his back quite a bit today. Time and time again, Daryl Morris just kicked butt uh, in the game, as did many others. Eric Walden dominated two sacks in the game. Zach Kerr was very frustrating as well, very uh, very much uh, forcing Bradford into uh, out of the pocket and into throwaways. And again, zero sacks for the Viking defense. Anthony Harris was tested all day. Linval Joseph, sure, the numbers were good, but generally... They, they weren't necessarily quality tackles. He was basically turning around to make the tackle. Eric Hendricks, same situation. He he has a lot of total tackles in the game, but that doesn't mean he played well. <laughs> it doesn't mean he played well. Yeah, he made the tackles, but again, they weren't very quality. They were pretty much like the guy was already past him. He had to turn around to make the tackle. That's why I call it a quality tackle where you're facing the guy. You're not having to turn around to tackle him, that type of thing. Yeah, uh, Captain Marlin was respectable at oh, for the most part. Uh, Xavier Rhodes was decent, but no pass deflections in the entire game. Not one single pass deflection the entire game, ladies and gentlemen. How do you spell that? Well, that just spells defeat, that's all. I don't even need to spell it, do I? <laughs> Watch me misspell it. No, I'm just kidding. D E F. E-A-T. That's what it spells. Defeat. Um, Bullcrap. Terrible game. Let's move on. Fran Tarkenton award for the game is Kai Forbath. He made both of his field goals. He's been very solid all year, and the Vikings should have got him earlier. They should have made the move earlier. They could have, and they didn't. End of story there. Uh, And I hope the Vikings keep him. Maybe, uh, unfortunately for him, it might only be a one-year like contract type of thing. Just sign him for one more year or whatever, or maybe it's a two-year deal. I don't know, but I I, I would definitely keep Kai Forbath on this team. Um, A lot of people were worried about his leg strength. It's perfectly fine, and he's able to do kickoffs, too. He's not Gary Anderson at age 42 out there, like, nubbing the ball, (laughs) that type of thing, when you have to have uh, Mitch Berger do the kickoffs because he had a huge leg. Um, But that's your Fran Tarkenton award. It is. I mean, there's nobody on defense that deserves anything. And and on offense, eh, you know, the offense is just inept. Sure, you make a play here and there, but you, but you never make the ones we really need. Uh, you can never sustain a drive, and that's just all she wrote there. Uh, Christian Potter Memorial, the entire defense, every one of them. I'm sorry, guys. Linval Joseph, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl type talent. Sorry, man. Christian Ponder. Xavier Rhodes, great player. I'm sorry, dude. Christian Ponder for all of you. It's a team effort defensively. They did not show up to play. They got obliterated, humiliated by Frank Gore and Andrew Luck the entire game. And it was downright sickening. Um, T.Y. Hilton didn't even have a big game. I mean, you think you, you figure you keep T.Y. Hilton to only three catches after seven targets, only 32 yards total, and did not get in the end zone, and you still get obliterated? Give me a break by, by uh, an ancient running back who's still good, but he's ancient. And Robert Turbin, who, again, nobody's really heard of. He's, he's just... You know, I mean, he's the Colts' Matt Asiata, their, their power back. You know, woohoo. Not saying he's bad or anything. He certainly wasn't bad today. But he obliterated the Vikings, and that's not cool. So, Christian Ponder Ward for all of you. All of you guys. All of you. Sorry. So with that, we'll take a quick break after a fairly short game review this time around. And we will return for the preview and the roundup, all that good stuff, where we show, where we basically talk about who where we basically talk about everybody else uh, who's going to be in the playoffs and how we're going to be watching them, basically. And now, another installment of George Stories. 
Years ago in the late 90s, when I was still living at home, my dad picked up a Taco Bell for everybody. Just, well, me, my mom, and myself. We had this cute little TV on the table. Uh, so they start to kind of get the food out, start to eat, and my dad starts to take a bite into a bean burrito, and my mom says, that's mine! And my dad said, it's mine! And then she goes, it's mine! It's mine! And then she says, oh, I guess they must have forgot something. And he, and he slams it down on the table and then squirt it out all over the little TV. And he says, I don't want anymore! I don't want anymore! I don't want anymore! And then she says, I don't want anymore! I don't want anymore! I don't want anymore! And they both, they both walked to the opposite side of the house. And I just sat there trying not to laugh my ass off. Mafia. Segment number two, it is the old roundup segment. This is my favorite segment every week, unless of course the Vikings win, then it's a little more fun to do segment number one, but segment number one the last several weeks, other than the Jacksonville game, woohoo, has been pretty depressing. And it's like, go figure, you barely beat Jacksonville. Sure, it was on the road, and it was a beautiful looking September, like Minnesota September day down there. That's what it looked like, September in Minnesota type of day. Just gorgeous down there, uh, at least from our vantage point. But um, you barely beat that awful team who did fire their coach today, Gus Bradley. And you, you just kind of knew what was coming. Um, they fired uh, Gus Bradley today, unfortunately for him. Very rough record over the course of four years. 18-48 and 48 for Gus Bradley, who is definitely connected to Minnesota in his past. So here we are. Um, let's bounce around a little bit. Uh, let's start with the, well... No, I'll save that one for a couple seconds. Uh, he who shall not be named got his ass kicked today. 41-13, Falcons over the nameless Niners, basically. We'll call him that. Dallas and Tampa. Dallas is hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight on Sunday night football. But unfortunately, that game has not completed yet. In fact, it's barely even starting. So just want to keep moving here. I apologize for that. Uh, playoff implications of that one. Well, Dallas is just about wrapped up home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So it's kind of like, mm. And Tampa is, well, there, there's definitely playoff implications for the old Bucks, like it or not. Um, right now, they would be the sixth seed in the NFC with an 8-5 record. They look awfully good. They would go to Detroit, who also lost today. We'll talk about that in a second. Who who did lose today? Dare I say, also lost. They've lost like we did. Um... New York Giants would head to Atlanta. The poor Giants, as good as they are, with a nice, nice win over a, some, a certain Detroit team today, um, would have to go to Atlanta because, well, guess who's in their division? Dallas. Uh, you know, I mean, it does have play implications tonight because if Tampa does beat Dallas, the Giants are within one game. So there's a chance. And I don't know, the Giants have played well against them for quite a while now. Uh, Emmett Smith and Aikman are long gone. That was back when the Giants used to get beat by Dallas on a regular basis. Not anymore. Um, I think the Giants' chances of getting to the Super Bowl this year are very high. And you know how I keep talking about that because Eli Manning is like a, you know, he's like a modern-day Joe Montana in, in a way. Didn't put up the sexy numbers like Tom Brady might, but he'd win. He would win. Um, that type of thing. Um, Montana was efficient, all that, but when when the playoffs came, he was more than efficient. He was as great as it as it ever got. Uh, just unbelievable quarterback. Um, Montana was a better regular season quarterback than <laughs> Eli Manning, but it's just Manning because of that becomes that uh, Montana like uh, playoff performer. 
other than that strange season when they lost right away in the first round. That was weird when they were 13-3 and after the end 2008. That was quite weird, but that was because the Arizona Cardinals were a team of destiny that year. Um, or was it actually Philadelphia beat them, and then Philadelphia beat the Giants, I do believe, and then Arizona beat Philadelphia because they had home field advantage because they lucked out and were in a lousy division. So they had home field advantage. You had the fifth and sixth seeds, basically, in the... Uh, or was it fourth and f- fourth fourth seed hosting the yeah because it was the weakest division champion hosting the sixth seed as good as Philly was but again they were stuck with uh, New York as the division champion so similar situation there I'm going crazy but I love January because playoff football is as good as it gets I absolutely adore playoff football as frustrated as I get with things as much as I love hockey and basketball so much but playoff football is the best playoffs the best the best playoffs there are because it's 125 percent effort at least for the most part unless certain a certain team like the like the Vikings in 2000 just kind of lays an egg and quits right after the first two kickoffs but that's yeah I'm kind of in a I'm kind of in a in a snarky mood for some reason and I apologize but can you blame me Atlanta over San Francisco, woohoo. Um, New Orleans over Arizona, another woohoo. The Cardinals, another team that's been through hell, just like the Vikings. They have been through absolute hell, and I feel bad for them. I, I really do. Uh, I like the Cardinals. They've, they've been through a lot. I wanted them to win that 2008 Super Bowl, but of course, different coach, different quarterback, different everything, other than Larry Fitzgerald, who's now the old man. He was the young man in that club. 48-41 to 41 defeat at the hands of the New Orleans Hornets. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, what am I talking about? I'm just messing around. New Orleans uh, uh, Saints hate their guts, but they have obviously a great quarterback. First ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, even though I hate him because of all the crap that happened seven whole years ago. Um, I'm going to continue to say Adrian Peterson is not a first ballot Hall of Famer because he's one-dimensional. All he does is run. That's it. He doesn't, pa- he doesn't pass receive, doesn't pass catch, whatever. Can't You can't count on him on third down and he doesn't pass block. So how, how is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? So put that in your pipe and smoke it to some of you uh, grape uh, grape and lemon uh, uh, Kool-Aid drinkers, if you know what I mean, purple and gold. Uh, whatever, whatever, man. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is not. I don't care. And you know what? You know what might happen to Adrian? I might be crazy, but this just, just maybe, just might be his last year in the league because maybe teams will shy away from him. The Vikings will not resign Adrian Peterson. This is it. The Vikings will not resign Adrian Peterson unless he literally comes back for a, like literally pennies on the dollar. They will not resign Adrian Peterson. They will not. Re, he, he will not come back. Judging from how, judging from his attitude and his uh, his me first attitude that's been on display the past couple of years and the amount of money he's made, blah blah blah. Despite the fact he was underpaid his first couple of years in the league, because that's when the rookie salary, uh, the rookie uh, rookie contract, rookie salary thing kicked in. Regardless, it ain't going to matter. I mean, he's not going to... No. <laughs> he's not, <laughs> He has not earned his money at all the, since, since that huge contract was signed. Not even close. Sorry to say. Um, so, Oakland Raiders over the San Diego Chargers in San Diego. A lot of people thought one of these two might go to Los Angeles. Some people even go as far as to say the Raiders will go to Las Vegas. Boy, will Las Vegas cash in. You got the Golden Knights. That's a cool name. The logo. Why people don't like it, I have no idea. The Vegas Golden Knights. That's for Brave the Wild. But very cool sounding look. I'm looking forward to what their uh, jerseys will look like. But love the logo and the name. I do. Um, I 
Oh, as well as Oakland's playing, they better stay there. <laughs> you know, they're they're getting that old Oakland vibe again that they haven't had in eons. Yes, they went back to the Super Bowl for the first time in forever, but they got obliterated by Tampa. But now there they are. Um, I don't think they're going to end up having the uh, home field advantage in the AFC, but a first round bye, extremely uh, likely with an eleven and three record, eleven and three victory. I'm going to slide over to Kansas City right uh, first before I go anywhere else. And where the hell did it go? It's like they it's like that game vanished out the face of the earth. That's kind of weird. Come on now. Uh the Chiefs though today. Yeah, they did not have a good one. Uh, where the hell is it? Yeah, there it is. Oh. They just couldn't get the job done against Tennessee, and it figures that Ryan Suckup, the former kicker who was there for quite a while, ended up ended up icing the game in Kansas City of all places. And the Tennessee Titans beat the Chiefs 19 to 17. That's the Chiefs for you. Um they get these gaudy records and they get ahead and all that, but then all of a sudden, something like this happens, and down they go. Down, down, down. And just because the Chiefs beat them last Thursday, not not this recent one, that was uh, that was Seattle over the Rams. That was unwatchable. <laughs> but the Raiders, uh, right back where they belong, number two seed and first round by in the AFC, and the Chiefs back where they belong, fifth, fifth overall and on the road. Absolutely. Uh, the Chiefs are not the best team in that division. The Raiders are. It's just, of course, it's a division thing. And on the road, road games in the division are almost impossible to win. Uh, really, seriously, almost impossible to win. So you can't really go too far with that one. Uh, the New England Patriots with a very rare victory in <laughs> in Denver, Denver, Colorado. Uh, Tom Brady eight and thirteen overall against the Broncos. The Patriots, or at least Bill, yeah, Belichick and Brady only eight and thirteen overall until today. Now they're nine and thirteen, and Brady was two and seven in Denver in his career. That's tough. That's tough. And of course, multiple AFC Championship games in Denver. By the way, the last couple of years in 2013 and in 15 last year, just a tip of the ball. The Patriots would have tied that thing up. Maybe would have won it. And of course, back in uh, 13, it was not a pretty game. It was crazy how good Denver played in that one and how awful they played two weeks later against the Sea Chickens. But uh, New England uh, will host the AFC Championship game, most likely. I would be beyond shocked if they don't. And if they, <laughs> by the way, if they don't actually get there, that would be crazy. They'll, they'll get to the AFC Championship game and they'll probably win it this year and get back to the Super Bowl for the first time in, well, just two years. That's all. Get right back back to work, baby. Get right back to work. <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Ooh, Rex Ryan putting a pounding on the Cleveland Browns. Yes, they're 0-14. Only two more losses to equal the 2008 Detroit Lions, who look better this season significantly, but a, but a big loss today. We'll talk about that shortly. Something that could happen in a couple weeks in January. This very this this scenario could very well be taking shape in a couple weeks in the postseason. You just watch, baby. <laughs> Depending on what the matchups are moving forward, um, Giants and, and Detroit may never end up facing each other for what, for whatever reason later on. Uh, we'll skip the uh, NFC North game for now because that's always saved for last. Pittsburgh over Cincinnati. Lottie freaking da. The Bengals suck. Their coach is done, and the Pittsburgh. Pirates, no, the Pittsburgh Steelers are winning the, the AFC North. They are winning that AFC North with a nine and five record. They continue to stand strong, and they're they're a threat to they're a threat to New England. They're one of those sneaky little threats. There was a time I was considering Oakland the sneaky little threat, but they're not sneaky anymore. They're extremely good. They're an elite football team. Great offense with Bill Musgrave leading the way. Yeah, a lot better than people thought here in mini twenty. Ah, uh, gotta wait shortly, but Baltimore again staying alive, staying alive. That's what they do best. Twenty-seven to twenty-six over the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Joe Flacco and co. staying alive. Philadelphia having to win that game, and they did not get the job done. So out they go. Houston is barely surviving over Jacksonville. That shows you what kind of a playoff threat they'll be once they get in. And now the Colts are just one game behind them. And Tennessee is right in the, in the picture too. I mean, I I I I like Tennessee. <laughs> I think they deserve to win that division, and I, and I kind of hope they do. Um, they have a better uh, they have a better structure than than Houston. Um, Houston has good defense, but of course, Watts out for the year. They benched Osweiler for Savage today. Tom Savage, a quarterback, sure he did well. Give him credit, but he's just basically like a Sage Rosenfels for Houston at this stage. I mean, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Uh, it's nothing to get too excited. Nothing to write home about there. Uh, so, uh, that's it. That's it for the, uh, the non-NFC North teams, NFC North. So let's get to the NFC North. Giants put a, put a pretty good whooping on the Detroit Lions today, 17-6. to That Giants defense is starting to take, <laughs> starting to really become what they, what they, what they can be, particularly in January football. And then you have old clutch Eli, who absolutely is leading his team into the playoffs with their 10th victory today. Sucks if they'd only be the fifth seed, but it is what it is. Detroit Lions would be the number three seed still, even with that 17-6 to loss. Um, all because of Dallas, man. It's all because of Dallas. It won't matter. Even if the Giants have a better record than Detroit, it won't matter because they do have a better record at 10-4. and The Giants, I think, are the better team, and they would beat Detroit in a playoff game, even in Ford Field, in my humble opinion. Before we get into the preview, because we'll talk about the Chicago game in Soldier Field, which ended up being a lot closer than in the... Packers would have liked, but damn it, unfortunately the result was not what the Vikings would have liked, just in general. Even if the Vikings are having it, are, are not going to make the playoffs, with beyond, I mean, there's just no way they're going to make it now. Um, even if the Vikings somehow miraculously, yeah, no matter how bad the Vikings might be, you still want the Packers to lose. You don't want them to have any glimmer of hope, and it's turning, it's turning into a Maybe one of those miracle comebacks where they make the playoffs and make a run, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be just like uh, 2000. What year was it? 2014? They made that big run. 13, they barely. Yeah, maybe it'll just be like 2013 where they barely make it and they lost right away to San Francisco. Hopefully that's what happens in this case. Um, but I, I still don't think they're going to make it. What, whatever. Uh, the other game, this is what the other game was Miami over the New York Jets. They're very much in the playoff picture now. Even despite a great record, but unfortunately, like you got weak, uh, weak division leader like Houston, so Miami would have to be the sixth seed on the road in Pittsburgh. Good luck with that. Unfortunately, they're going to have to hopefully catch Kansas City because if they do, whoever does, they get to go to Houston, and that's extremely winnable football right there. It's not a gimme, but man, Miami Dolphins would have a pretty good shot at it there. I hope the Dolphins make the playoffs, and it looks like they will. Nine and five record for the Dolphins. Very cool to see a classic NFL team like the Miami Dolphins back in the picture again. Very cool, very cool. I I I like to see one of those old heritage teams from the seventies, sixties, all that good stuff to be right back in the mix again. Very cool to see that uh, with that that good old history back in the day, back in the day before I was born. Even <laughs> Green Bay goes to Soldier Field. And it was a thriller because Matt Barkley showed up to play again, and good for him. Uh, Jay Cutler probably is done in Chicago. At least I would, I, I would hope so for their sake. And hopefully that uh, now that I've looked at the draft one bit, but hopefully for the Bears' sake again, they will get a good quarterback ready to go 
in a couple of years to get the Bears moving again, but I don't know. Not that I want the Bears to come and beat the Vikings. It's just, I don't know, just for their sake. That's what they're hoping for. If, if I was a Bears fan, I'm sure that's what they're hoping for. Matt Barkley, once upon a time, was looked on as a pretty good quarterback, but um, he hasn't been so in the NFL. I'm just another one of those guys who was good in college that isn't good in the NFL. Just, just the same old thing, and he dropped off severely in his senior year in uh senior year years ago I don't even want to think about his college career anymore it's kind of like irrelevant at this stage oh boy okay USC that's who it was I'm just bouncing everywhere but uh, Matt Barkley he, he showed up to play he had the big yards he attempted a trillion passes and of course the Bears had to play from behind but Barkley did have three interceptions and he lost a fumble so that did not help it helped the Packers cause much more than the uh <laughs> much more than much more than the Bears he did have two touchdown passes in the game Aaron Rodgers though was sacked four times today. He wasn't the sharpest thing ever, but he completed huge passes, uh, 60 yarder to, to uh, Jordy Nelson along the way. That's the old Packers that we knew in the past when Jordy, Jordy Nelson started to get healthy now. Uh-oh, and the Packers looking a lot better than they were before. Um, you saw inaccuracy. You saw the Bears' defense actually look kind of decent at times. You even saw the Bears' offense look decent at times. <laughs> Again, though, they had to focus on the passing game because they were playing from behind most of the way. I uh, had... Yeah, Thompson, Meredith, and Jeffrey all dominating for the Bears today. He had 110 yards for Thompson, 104 for Meredith, and Jeffrey with 89. But at the end of the day, Jordy Nelson and Co., even with that 60-yard gain, did not get in the end zone. <laughs> Mostly short passes other than that one huge play. But 124 total yards for him. Jared Cook, 85 yards as well. Ty Montgomery looks awesome right now after an, a 61-yard scamper to pay dirt. Ty Montgomery has really emerged as the, the lead the lead rusher for those Green Bay Packers. Two touchdowns today. Christine Michael pounding one in along the way as well. Ty Montgomery, I mean, there you go. Third round pick in 2014, 2015, pardon me. The end of the third round. Sometimes you can pick somebody up who's ready to go, and there it is. I mean, there's your, <laughs> there's your star running back for the Packers, at least. At least it appears to be at the moment because they, he, 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 he has to be without... without uh, Macy out there. Lacey. I don't know why I called it Macy. I'm thinking about Christmas and Macy's. <laughs> but without Lacey being healthy, Ty Montgomery did a hell of a job against those Bears. And, well, if they're going to if they're gonna go far, that's the guy. Uh, the Bears are able to get a guy in Jordan Howard, too. I mean, Jerick McKinnon was, wasn't a first-round pick. So running backs are attainable in that draft when you don't you don't have to take them high i mean look at look at jordan howard i mean uh, with that awful bears team he's going to break the thousand yard mark and he already has now and he's going to get at least six seven touchdowns on the year that ain't bad i mean that's at least a second string like running back on your fantasy team for for the most part not bad at all yep he did get a sixth touchdown on the season and he has a close to thousand yard mark with two weeks to go Jordan Howard, not bad. He's going to get like 1,100, 1,200 yards, maybe eight touchdowns in the year. That ain't bad for your, like maybe a second string, even a starting running back if it's a deep league. Um, of course, second stringers play at the same time, though. He has some, usually you have two running backs, but not that I would know anything about that. Ty Montgomery is a nice little fantasy pickup maybe for your little Super Bowl at the last second here because I believe it would be Super Bowl week coming up. Uh, most fantasy footballers don't play on week 17 because players rest and that can sabotage a, a Super Bowl for somebody. I remember going through that in the past. <laughs> it's bullcrap, man. Um, so, yeah, Ty Montgomery might be that secret little guy. Again, I don't like fantasy football anymore, but I do miss that part of it. Kind of look, kind of finding that little surprise pickup at the last second. 
and then you coast away with that Super Bowl or or re- rearranging your lineup at the last second. Maybe he's at the end of your bench, and boom, there he goes. <laughs> there he goes to pay dirt, and you're you're a world champion for your for your cute little league there. Um, yeah, the Packers. We know who they are. We know what they're capable of. We know the Vikings' history in Lambeau is not good. We know the Vikings have not been playing well, and they look like crap today. But I do expect a, a completely different team next week. I do. Uh, division games make teams play better. They do. Uh, I expect a good effort by the Vikings. I expect a very physical game. You'll even see Sam Bradford probably protected a little better. Maybe. I don't know. That's probably wishful thinking. But the Vikings defense will play extremely different <laughs> on Christmas Eve. See, see, you know, that Miami game. See, the last couple of weeks of the year, three weeks or so of the season, you have Saturday games also. There's like a Saturday game or two. And, of course, leading in the first and second rounds of the playoffs, there's Saturday games. It's just kind of leading into that as we get to the end of the year. And the Vikings will be on a Saturday game this year because of its, you know, Christmas Eve. Um, it's a Christmas Eve game for the Vikings. Very cool. Uh, noon game. So at least it won't be late. <laughs> that would be really bad if Christmas Eve, like football, like 6 o'clock. That's kind of bad. So luckily that's not the case. <laughs> 6 or 8 o'clock, whatever. Um, I don't expect the Vikings to win the game, though, no. Um, I do think it will be close. It will be better played, much better played than the Indianapolis game. But I don't think the Vikings are going to win it. Uh, I, I'm Aaron Rodgers is much more sharp. Jordy Nelson is much more healthy. Ty Montgomery is emerging at the right time to maybe help this team. Maybe get, maybe they'll sneak into the playoffs. Maybe they'll upset the Detroit Lions in the first round. Who knows? Get to the second round and then get obliterated by Seattle. Or, or uh, well, maybe they won't get beat by Seattle. That's what they're hoping for. But they would get, they would, well, well they've beaten Dallas recently too. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy, I better watch out with that one. Uh, the way I see it, if the Packers make the playoffs, they could be a sneaky pick to get to the the conference game, but they will lose that game. No, um, they won't pull off back-to-back huge upsets. I would be beyond shocked. They might be a sneaky playoff team, though, and I'm not saying that because I want them to. I'm just saying it because um, I'm knowledgeable about this sport, but if, if they run into the New York Giants, adios amigo, there's no way <laughs> the Giants will beat the Packers for sure because the Giants always beat the Packers in the playoffs. Regardless what the situation is, the Giants will beat the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. End of story. They can, you know, they can, they, they know what they can do with themselves when they play with the Giants. They're going to get their butts kicked. But focusing on this week, which is more important, there will be more of a pass rush than Aaron Rodgers. You'll see him get beat up a bit, but unfortunately he'll make the plays he needs to. He'll get that doggone third and 15. You'll see him scamper for 17. We'll be pumping ourselves, and the Packer fans will be their usual obnoxious antagonistic self, like over-cheering for every little tiny play the Packers make, every little little pick-ticky-tack, five, five-yard, you know, false start or, or, or encroachment penalty on the Vikings. The antagonistic nature of the Packer fan is what drives a Viking fan into near insanity. Um, Viking fans are, you know... Viking fans are much more respectable of the other team's fan base than I think any than I think the, the the Packer fan base is without a doubt. I feel that way about the Bears too. I think they're much more respect more, more respectful than the Packer fans or even Detroit fans. I think Detroit fans are antagonistic as well. That's why I've kind of latched on to Minnesota Chicago, so to speak. I, I like these two teams more than Green Bay Detroit any day. Like if I had to pick one team I like more 
than Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago. It's it's Chicago out of the uh, other. Uh, like if I wanted to cheer for the NFC North in the playoffs, I'd be cheering for Chicago, but unfortunately they're nowhere near that. Um, so I, I don't know. Just be ready for that. Obviously nothing new there. It's annoying as hell, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, this game could go either way. It could be a flat-out blowout for Green Bay, and that's not obviously not cheering for Green Bay. It's just the way it is. The way this team tends to just lay down and and not have a good game. But uh, Sam Bradford did have his best game. Stefan Diggs did have a great game against the Green Bay Packers last time around. I do expect to see Bradford and Diggs to connect in this one in the end zone. I, I, I do think Diggs will emerge and have a 100-yard game. Uh, Adrian Peterson, I think he should be benched. I, I've had enough of him. He's he's just going to fumble it away again. I don't trust him, and I don't care. Even if it's even if the Vikings are eliminated from the playoffs, I don't even want to see Adrian out there anymore. Uh, let his Viking career end the way it should with a fumble. Just just let it end that way. You know, thanks a lot for the NFC title game for for just fumbling that thing away years ago. That's about all I have. That that that's my last feeling for Adrian Peterson at this stage. Thanks a lot, really. Uh, I, I think Green Bay is going to score 27 points in this game. Regardless, the, the Packers will score 27 points in this game. The question is, do the Vikings score 24, or is it going to be more like 10? <laughs> it all depends on, can the Vikings force a turnover? Will there be a pass rush? Will Sam Bradford and Dace connect, or will it be the same old, just not enough time? Or will you see Bradford actually be in, you know, inaccurate like he was at times today? Or will he basically be relocated to throwing the ball away and there's nothing you can do? If the if the Packers defense shows up and you see a pass rush in Bradford, the Vikings might not get double digits. It might be 24 to 6, 27 to 6. But the Packers will get 27. That's exactly what I'm seeing in this one. Four touchdowns and a field goal for Mason Crosby. And uh, the Vikings will get either, let's say the Vikings only score nine points if it's just another horse bleep effort by the offense, or they'll manage to get 24 if they really show up to play, and it's a tight battle. But regardless, the Vikings will lose the game, and they will not be above 500 this year. They will finish 500 when they beat Chicago in the season finale in uh, in uh, Met Stadium. No, <laughs> in U.S. Bank, US Bank Stadium. <laughs> Met Stadium. <laughs> I'm just messing. But uh, that, that will be the case there. Uh, Packers win 27 to... Uh, <laughs> just to average it out, I'm really going for 27-24 if the offense shows up and 27-9 if they lose. So we'll go with 27-20, just to be kind of semi-optimistic. 27-20, Green Bay wins the game. The Vikings score a couple touchdowns, and Kai Forbath will make two field goals. That's just averaging things out, for my uh, humble opinion. 27-20, Green Bay will win the game because the Packers are much more sharp at this stage. The Vikings defense will be okay, but not good enough. And that's just all there is to it. And the Vikings offense, you can't trust them. Packers defense is, is an all-or-nothing defense. Uh, when their pass rush is on, this this team just kicks everybody's butt. And it's annoying and frustrating. But when they're off, boom. I mean, you could score 35 on these sons of guns. I don't think the Vikings are going to do that. So that's the end of the story. 27-20, Green Bay wins on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. <laughs> we'll be back right after this, and you will, for the second straight week, hear Dave Martin on the air, calling in from Scotland.
evening, Joey, from the eastern side of the pond. I guess it's just uh, late morning where you are. Just a few minutes from kickoff of the Colts game. Hopefully, we manage to uh, procure a win today. I'm intrigued to see what AP can do behind this uh, putrid O line today, but it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm fairly optimistic that we win, which means we go to Lambeau next week, desperately needing a win, and uh, it is potentially the biggest game of the season. Both teams with a lot to play for. Obviously, with Stafford uh, with that injury to his finger, I can see the Lions losing out. But in saying that, if the Packers were to lose next week, they've got nothing to play for in Week 17. So heck, we are really in a kind of precarious position. We're just reliant on the likes of Tampa Bay um, basically losing. So mm, it's one of those roller coaster knuckle rides we're going to have to put up with. Oh, and I see we have four NFL games in London next year. Well, I don't know how to say it, but boy, can the NFL ship some shit to us. Admittedly, I'm quite excited about the purple coming over. I haven't been able to get over to Minneapolis this year, which has been quite disappointing. I was hoping to make it for the playoffs, but we shall have to see if we can uh, achieve that goal. I've got to say, though, I, I think the game in London will probably be more like a home game because sure as hell there cannot be that many British Brown fans. I guess there might be a few uh, Cleveland expats over here, but um, it should certainly have a Vikings-centric feel to it. What I'm interested in, Joey, is your opinion on Tony Sperano um, as our offensive line coach. You know, if you if you look, how how can you put this? If another ten percent of effort had been made by this O line, we would probably be on at least ten wins. Now the question is: Is the O line that bad, or is the coach not that good? I mean, surely he's getting paid good money. He should be getting more out of these guys. And the other thing I guess that's bugging me is Treadwell. Um, you know, Rick Spillman, can he not evaluate wide receivers? Is, is this the question? Yeah, I know he found Diggs. Is that more my luck than anything else? We've got Phelan, great, great player. Um, but you've got Treadwell, you've got Patterson. You look at Patterson, had a pretty good first year as a kick returner. Um, and I know he scored four TDs, but years two and three, absolutely non-existent as a wide receiver and that was what he was picked for so you add Treadwell to that mix does it it certainly appears to me that Spielman cannot evaluate wide receivers he clearly likes big physical players that can get up and get the ball but football IQ wise they need a sat nav to run a route and I just don't see that as being acceptable and you cannot win championships when you haven't got the players that you're picking in rounds one that are in essence just sitting on the bench. Treadwell has been a disaster this year. Anyway, I've said enough. I'm going. I'm going to sit down, suffer for three hours, skull people. Let's win and um, have a great week. And again, Joey, I look forward to the podcast and your views. Cheers, my friend. Enjoy the weekend and we're into the festive season. Merry Christmas. Hey, awesome, man. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you, too, Dave. Really, really appreciate that. Dave Martin, star candidate again, buddy. <laughs> awesome points. Very cool. Uh, shall we start with the London games, shall we? Yes, yes. I already said shall we twice. Now I said it three times. Uh, so you got Baltimore Ravens at Jaguars. Yep, I can see where you're saying the frustration of lousy teams. New Orleans, Miami, eh, it's okay. Um, it's okay. Yeah, Arizona and the Rams. Ugh. Arizona and the Rams. It's like Saint Louis, the the Saint Louis uh, the Saint Louis Bowl, eh? 
That's what you could call the two teams that left St. Louis. Isn't that sad? And then Minnesota versus the Browns. And I think the last time the Browns played the Vikings, it was in the Metrodome, and the Browns beat the Vikings. Um, Yeah, that was pretty disgraceful, eh? Uh, That was the triple fake, too. Like, the fake punt, and fake this, and fake that. And and then Christian Ponder was horse bleep, and the Vikings started 0-3. Yeah, and then they came up with that uh, Ponder was injured. Remember that year? Just as weird as it gets. Rick Spielman. Rick Spielman, let's jump right into that. Or actually, no, he's sec- he's third, fourth, third. Ugh, I'm going crazy. Uh, Sperano. O-line with Sperano. You know, I don't know. Um, it's kind of like... It's kind of like pick your poison, I guess, in, in a way, when you lose so many players. And, you know, we can kind of merge this together when you think about it. The whole Spielman situation with... See, this is what could drive you absolutely insane. And you'll see uh, comments, uh, uh, related comments to Gerald, uh, from Gerald String later on in the Facebook page. We're going to start with Twitter. That's that's Dave Martin's home there, right? <laughs> and, and and others out there as well. I'm going to give a shout-out to D-Fry as we play the Bears pretty soon. And, of course, Antonio Fett missed you guys. And uh, Malcolm McSween over there on Twitter. Malcolm usually shows up on Twitter more than Facebook nowadays. He, used to, he started out on Facebook, but... Um, Oh, big, big statement there at the end by Mad Martin. That's going to yep, give him a pretty good star here, looks like, <laughs> at the end of Twitter. Um, but no, very, very interesting thoughts about the whole situation with the O-line. But you can combine that with the wide receiver situation with Spielman. You know, the whole hit and miss thing. And the real valuable point to tap into is early in the draft. Very early in the draft. See, he's hit pay dirt with Harrison Smith trading up for him. He hit pay dirt. With Xavier Rhodes uh, drafting him fairly early, you know, n- nice and early in the first round. He had paid her with those guys. Sharif Floyd, nope, not so much. Uh, Matt Khalil, fourth overall pick, actually third overall pick. And, yeah. <laughs> well, fourth overall because the Vikings traded down with the uh, Cleveland Browns. Oh, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> and that helped us get Harrison Smith later. So that was good. He made up for it by helping us get Harrison Smith he ended up being much more impactful than the guy who would have been, would have, could have, should have been taken third overall in Matt Khalil. You draft him that high, and he busts, and, and he's just mediocre at best. Still a valuable guy, but again, mediocre at best. Um, it's sad, though, it's we're so desperate. Now, you combine that with the O-line, you hit a couple guys with, uh, you know, I mean, the Vikings' history, they've hit a couple guys late in the draft, but that's luck. Obviously, like uh, John Sullivan, uh, Berger was a later one, um, well, it's like most of his later picks actually are wide receivers. See, there you go. Um, the offensive line, ultimately, the Vikings have failed miserably in that category. I, I don't know. See, the thing is, we don't have the players to really see how good for us to see how good or bad Sperano is. You would think he could get more out of them, but maybe they really are this bad. I, I don't know, but maybe Sperano won't be around next year. Zimmer, there's something, there's a look in that man's face right now, whereas he is just like, I want to, he has this look like, I want to fire everybody, I want to cut just about everybody, he has this look on his face right now, the past two or three weeks, um, he he has just had enough, and he sees that there's people, players on this team, maybe even members of the coaching staff, that he would as soon just fire at the end of the year, fire, cut, whatever it is, so Sperano, I don't know, um, the the results aren't good, but it's like uh, most of these tackles and, and guards just aren't up to the challenge either. 
Berger's been solid, but it's just a fact he beat out John Sullivan because Sullivan's not healthy anymore. Or like when he was, when he's healthy now, he's not as good anymore because he's damaged goods, that type of situation. So it's kind of a tough back and forth there. Wide receiver though, this is huge, huge. And it's also, it also proves the point again, why you probably should have taken Cody White here or somebody like that, somebody to help the offensive line instead of Lacan Treadwell. You should never have focused on the Washington receiver either. I mean, I don't even remember his name at the moment because it's just, it's a blur. I mean, he never did anything either. And again, we take him, he would have been another bust. I think Laquan Treadwell could be something in this league, but I don't know, it doesn't look good at all. Cordero Patterson, you trade up, you make all, you, you give up all this these these picks to the New England Patriots. You make a deal with the, with the New England Patriots, oh boy, uh, you're never going to win that. <laughs> you're never going to win that. The uh, Patriots traded Randy Moss because they knew he's done. He couldn't run anymore. He couldn't catch anymore. He's washed up and he's got a bad attitude. What the hell was that? He just gave a third round pick to the Patriots for nothing. Great. That could have been an offensive lineman in 2010. That's a long time ago, but it still counts. Just imagine if that offensive lineman ended up being a really good pick in the third round back in 2010. He'd be a veteran now and he'd be valuable. And he'd still be a young veteran. Maybe he'd be like 27, 28 years old. Oops. That's a mistake. Oh, darn. <clears throat> then you take uh, Cordero Patterson. Maybe you could have taken an old lineman there. What's Cordero Patterson? Oh, he's a good kick returner, but he's not that great. I mean, he he's, yeah, he's good. He'll, he'll break loose and get his touchdowns. But at the same time, he's inconsistent because no kick returner is just going to run him back every single time. And if you're going to use a first-round pick and make all these trades to get a gosh-darn kick returner and, and a little trick play guy on occasion, you're not a very good general manager. You usually get guys like that in the sixth, Fifth to sixth round, maybe fourth round. Just quirky guys. You pick them up there. And what did the Vikings do in the fifth round? They drafted Stefan Diggs. How did they get Adam Thielen? They just signed him. <laughs> Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are better than, <laughs> and I mean much better. And even Jerry is right. Fourth round pick. I think he's better than, <laughs> I mean, well, he's not better than Cordero at this point. I mean, Cordero has some value, but Treadwell, he's done more than Treadwell. And, you know, right. Really, ultimately, I think uh, probably is a more reliable receiver than Cordero Patterson. At least he won't make mistakes, you know, and occasionally he can break loose for something. I miss Jerry Wright, and I think it's a crying shame that he hasn't gotten played. Just think about it, though. Fourth round pick, Jerry Wright, probably better. Um, Cordero, it took him like three, four years to be at least uh, to get the, the ball thrown his direction again, rather than you're only a kick returner in the hell with you and with anything else, because they flat out didn't trust him. Treadwell, they didn't trust the whole freaking year. The whole year. Unbelievable. That's how bad it is with Treadwell. Why didn't we take any type of offensive lineman in these multiple positions here? Cordero Patterson probably should never even been on the roster. What, what's the point? You know, I mean, huh. and yes, there's a value of having a kick returner, but Jarius Wright has the ability to be a kick returner. He probably could have been something in this league as a kick returner, or you get somebody else. One of the other wide receivers, maybe, that you cut earlier that had some speed, showed some promise. Marcus Searles was not the kind of guy that you have out there starting playing many minutes. And boy, I'm dragging this a little too long now. So let's move on. Um, big mistakes, though, by this front office for many years. I think Rick Spielman's job should be questioned. Yes, he's made some good moves, but he's really, you know, he's made a lot of mistakes. But I guess that's such as the way of the, uh, the NFL uh, coach. I thought this was going to be a shorter show. Here we go again. Hour and 15 minutes again, looks like. Oh, boy, that's funny. Uh, where was I? Oh, this is, damn, I thought it was. 
I thought I was at where I wanted to be. Now I lost it. Oh, boy. Where was it? This is where we left off. I want to thank Tanae for retweeting the show. Greatly appreciate it, Tanae, out of out of uh, New Zealand. Hope to hear from you again today on the on this show, like a tweet or even a uh, audio submission. Ali Siddiqui says, "I'm I'm no Khalil fan, but having him would have equated two more wins." And you know, yeah, I think it would have. He said, "Anything is better than TJ." That being TJ climbing, who's been awful. Yes, I agree, Ali. Yep, big time. Uh, Mad Martin says, "Thanks for the gold star and kind words, my friend. Loved the uh, the almost three show three show." Hmm. Wonder what he means there. Love the almost three show, and yes, I sent it on an iPhone. Good, good rant. Yep, and it was really awesome indeed. Oh, and yes, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, but I better mention it now. Well, most of you are still listening. <laughs> yep. Because um, instead of at the last second, like I did on Timberwolves Explosion, there was a very weird phenomenon on the last show that most of you noticed in iTunes, where the show went for. Oh, that's when he said three. I didn't mean it to be a three-hour show. That's the thing. That's where that's where it comes in. It was meant to be an hour and a half, and for some reason, iTunes doubled the length of the show, which made it sound like I was repeating myself, like maybe every minute kind of repeated everything again. That wasn't normal. Um, something happened on iTunes where the show had some kind of a strange mirror effect that I, to this day, do not know what happened and why it happened. I tried re-uploading the show a couple times, and guess what? Same crap. It wouldn't fix it. And luckily, Tim Rule's Explosion and Brave the Wild, which I usually record Friday and Saturday, respectively, came up normal this week. So hopefully this show is normal. Um, I deeply apologize for what happened there. To those of you that might have been wondering what the hell happened. It seemed like nobody really understood what I was talking about, though. Because um, mostly people just clicked like and didn't really uh, think otherwise about it. Uh, it was not intended to be a three-hour show. The show had some kind of strange error problem on iTunes. So just letting you know there. Mad Martin Continuous says, completely agree. I was more pissed with the previous game. That was the... Which one was that one? That was that stupid... Uh, uh, which one was it? Oh, well. <coughs> The Arizona game, then after that was the Cowboy game. Okay, yeah, just in general. Um, he says, we'll do another one, but two minutes is not enough time to cross all things I wanted to say, like Rick's drafting wide wide receivers, and you got to it now, three-minute call. That's a big one. That's a big call, but it's good, and it got me going for quite a while. <laughs> Sorry, I probably drug it out too long, though I'm sure uh, Dave enjoyed that. Uh, Dave says, or lack or lack of in terms of the receivers. Yes, he gets the digs pick. And yeah, that's the thing. When you're going to take a running back or receiver, you can you can find them in the third to sixth round. You can. Maybe even seventh round on occasion. It happens. Um, but you, you just have to hope and pray that this team can focus on that offensive line more. And I know they're going to. It's just, I just hope they pick the right people. That's all. Um, Treadwell and 84 wasted picks. Yes, great returner, but... <laughs> but was drafted as a wide receiver and is now only starting to contribute in the passing game this season. Fourth year, the fourth freaking year. Is that good enough? No, it's not, Dave. It's not good enough. It's extremely disappointing. He says he gets, uh, he, you get a local game next season, only 700 miles from London at least. It will be a win versus the Browns. And yes, they're the worst team in the league. The Vikings better win that game <laughs> unless they fake a punt again. Uh, but, uh, Chudzinski's no longer there. I don't understand why the Browns fired him in one year. He at least did something right there, but who knows? Maybe behind the scenes he was getting pissed off with the management. Um, how the hell did this get into 
Timrose explodes. That is really weird. Okay, Mad Martin continues saying, send some audio. Hope you've got it in time for some torture. Yes, sir. <laughs> I did get it, and it was awesome. He says, uh, three and out so far, but the internet garbage. Yep, so he was having issues with... Uh, he was having issues with the uh, internet connection there. He had some small pictures on his uh, Apple TV. He says, uh, what the hell was that? A field goal attempt penalty. Now it's 10 zip. Yeah, that's what happened with Linval. He says, awful being, the, he said, it's awful being kind to them. Need to work on the, on the laptop at the halftime and hope to buy Apple TV. Me, me thinks and run that way. Oh, so he's talking about Apple TV. So he must have been using his uh, laptop or something. Uh, not feeling comfortable at a victory right now, and nope, the whole game was really rough that way. Uses the AP fumble, just thinking the O is waking up. If Sam had time, this team would be great, and yeah, AP fumbled. Bad, I'm ready to scream. Time for AP to go and build an O-line and give Sam a chance. Yeah, that's exactly the way we are. He says he's not bothered about fixing the picture, blah, blah, about that. Yep, about the pictures being a problem. How it's horrible. The game is just horrible to watch in general. Yep, he says it's bloody hell. It's frustrating to watch. Bleeding hell. Bleeding hell. Okay, yeah. That's it. Yep, he said it a little different there. He says in, <laughs> inside the 10, my money's in a field goal. Yep. Oh, such a disappointment this season. Fire the O-line coach, and the O.C. is total trash. Colts 29-ranked defense, looking more like top five. And yeah, they look like a top five defense. And yes, I mentioned this on the Facebook also, and I'm going to say it now. I don't want Pat Shermer back as the offensive coordinator. He sucks. Um, And you know what? We got frustrated with Mr. Musgrave as well, but I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't even know where to go. Um, North Turner had success in the past. We didn't. We got tired of him too. I don't know. I mean, the offensive line hasn't been good in forever. It, it maybe he would be better with the if we actually had an offensive line. You'd see more going on. I don't know what to think, but I'm not real happy with uh, Pat, Pat Shermer so far. I, you know, some of the decisions don't make any sense. I mean, short passes on third and nine don't make any sense. Though today was so bad, we didn't even think about that today. Yeah, that thing he said his Viking timeline had died. I should turn over and watch something else now. Uh huh. And he showed the picture with Zimmer with two two eye patches. Like he's like just just forget about it basically. Yeah, oh, here we go. He says, "I think you're brave to do a podcast after the game. I would I would take a couple of days before I could make a comment without ranting, and I'm kind of already there ranting anyway." Uh, he thinks he thinks Norv's a genius for walking away, and from five and zero, and then two and seven. I guess Norv wanted no part of the offense. We need a new offensive coordinator and offensive line coach for next season. Not sure about the GM. Yeah, maybe. And the final comment here, which is probably as good as anything, he says a lot of negativity on Sam and Zimmer t- uh, tonight on Twitter. Sorry for the language, but they are not the bleeping problem. And he said the F word. I agree. Those are those two guys are the least of the worries of this team right now. Zimmer is the best coach we've had since Bud Grant. I think he's better than Dennis Green. I do. Um, not offensively, but defensively. Obviously, he's better than anybody we've had since Bud Grant. And Sam Bradford, you know, he's not perfect. He ain't Tom Brady or anything, but he's got talents. I don't like the lack of mobility. That, that I don't like very much, but occasionally he shows signs of it, but only because he has to. Um... If he had a good O-line in front of him, I think he'd be dramatically better. The O-line is a problem, and the effort from the defense today is a problem, which, again, is something I find to be unexplainable. I, I do not understand it, and, and Zimmer was as behind, beside himself as anyone else. 
Um, I was talking to you about the iTunes situation. Nobody said anything, and I don't know why. They just clicked like, and it, I don't know if they understood what, what I meant or what the hell. It, but it was supposed to be an hour and 27 minutes. It ended up being two hours and 55 of just kind of me, just kind of it kind of repeating, like repeating maybe every minute or so. It would do it like a second time and then go on for the next minute and then eventually repeat that, and it was really weird. I don't even know how that can happen. It's basically like an echo effect or something basically, uh, like a really wide echo. Uh, so I was telling everybody that the Vikings officially activated Adrian Peterson from the IR and he will play Sunday. Woohoo, aren't we happy? And we had one comment from Josh Mayor Henry. He says, not like he can do much with that O-line being as jacked up as it is. I agree, and nothing happened, and the jackass fumbled again. Thank you very much, Adrian Peterson. You are, you are a part of the Johnny, uh, Johnny Flynn. You're a part of the Christian Bonner Memorial the in-game thread, like at the end there, I can I can uh, continue here. Let's see, yeah, let's start with Gerald String, I believe. I think that's where I want to start. Okay, yeah, let's start with Gerald String. No, let's start with Justin Mayer, Henry. Brett McCarthy, okay, I'm going crazy. Well, Merry Christmas to you all. See you next year. That's Brett McCarthy, and he did disappear for a while. Justin Mayer, Henry says this. I'm walking away. I've got better things to do with my time than watch this shit. The most enjoyable this season has been has been the banter on here with you guys and listening to the podcast. And I really appreciate that, Justin. I hear that the podcast has been enjoyable for you. Thank you very much. And I've enjoyed doing it. Obviously, yeah, no, this is not my ninth year doing it. That's crazy. He says, other than that, it's just made me angry. Game off. I'm going to go shopping or something, and basically I'm telling him I understand, and it looks like the team is completely mentally incapacitated out there. Uh, this is what makes podcasting hard. And in 2013, I wanted to walk away many times, like just turn the show off. And there were times where it's like you just, you know, that's why I go outside uh, during halftime to get away, and sometimes I flip the radio on if I'm not back inside on time. But I hear what I need to hear, and I watch back if I need to watch back anything. But sometimes the picture is painted so well by via the radio that, I, I, you know, it's almost better that way. And then I could maybe watch a replay for certain things, watch, watch back certain things, and go from there. That's usually sometimes what happens if I'm late. But especially icky, lousy games that are a blowout and there's nothing much else to say. Well, it is what it is. Uh, Justin says, at least none of us are surprised. I mean, we've seen this all our lives. That's okay. Super Bowl run is coming next year. <laughs> I, I hope so. I was basically saying, can somebody just bat away a pass? And no, they can't. They didn't. Gerald Swing out of Nebraska says 56 straight seasons of disappointing, uh, disappointment and counting. Dave Vicky out of Iowa says, well, thank God this pathetic display of a game is not on TV in my area because I would have probably walked away or shut it off. Come on, Vikings. What the hell happened to you? And Mark Carlson says, work uh, also out of uh, Iowa says, worst first half all year. Pathetic. And it's the most unexpected thing when you consider how this team's back was against the wall, considering how good they were earlier this season to show up like that. It just tells you what it is. Um, couldn't even, I was saying, how oh, we couldn't even tackle a sled dog named Turbin. Please, who again? Give me a break. <laughs> That's when the audience really started booing. Brett McCarthy says, total crap. Zimmer says, Zimmer is going, uh, Patrick Grant says, Zimmer is going to go nuclear in the locker room. This is embarrassing. Uh, Tony Coleman put up, uh, I don't normally drink beer this early in the day, but this team is driving me to do it. I might switch to whiskey if things don't improve. And then he did later on. Justin Marion Henry said, I need some heavy dope. <laughs> wow. And he is in Denver, or he is in the Colorado area. Uh, Yankee out of 
St. Paul says, bring on the whiskey. Bradford just gave up another turnover. Yep. And that's pretty much what uh, Tony Coleman out of South Dakota did after that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much to what it was. Man alive. Frustrating, huh? <sighs> well, I wanted to see something, and now it all just blew up in my face. That's disappointing. Let's get back for where I needed to be. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. Okay, James Beck, here we go. He says, I picked a great time to start following this sport. And Mayor Henry, uh, excuse me, Gerald String was saying, I've been putting up putting up with it for 45 years. James saying, I've had similar experience with my local proper footy team. I can empathize. I think James Beck might be from Australia. So welcome aboard. He says, um, Tony says, hang in there, brother. It'll get better. They'll get it done one day. I have no doubt. I, I hope they do. I really do. Hmm. I wish I, I wish they would show. What the hell? This thing is weird. Because hmm. I'm curious where James Beck is from. I want to check real quick. I don't think it says though, which is a frust. Yeah, that's frustrating. It doesn't say. Oh well, I'm going crazy. I gotta cut this out, man. So let's get back to where we needed to be here. That would be smart. <laughs> Oh, I hate this thing. So, back to Gerald. He says, Vikings in the giving spirit today puts a little tear in my eye when I think about the generosity. And Tony loved that. Uh, Gerald, uh, I was saying, I'm not saying this is for Zimmer. Yep, but this is the type of game where the coach usually gets fired afterwards. It was that kind of game. This team completely quit from the beginning. Gerald says, very frustrating. We Will we ever win a championship? Will we ever have a championship caliber team in my lifetime? I'm not holding my breath. Red McCarthy says, we don't deserve to get in the playoffs with this performance. Sl slid off the season. Fixes coming up. Justin says, I went to the American Furniture Warehouse and looked at a new bedroom set. Much better than watching the Vikings. Woo! Yep, and I was talking about Shermer. Basically, I don't want him back. Um, and Gerald says, why do those, why did those dumbass hand off, why did those dumbasses hand it off to AP right off the bat? Way to put all that pressure on someone that hasn't taken a snap since September. What happened to the defense anyhow? Wow, the Colts look like three-time world champs, and yes, they do. Yep, and Brett McCarthy says Shermer needs to go. So let's get to the, uh, this looks pretty busy too. Huh, but not 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 long comments, basically, because people don't have a whole lot to say. They're just frustrated. Uh, this is the, uh, obviously, the uh, uh, Justin Mayer Henry says, Hopeless in Minneapolis. That's a possible title for the show right there. <laughs> he says, they acted like they weren't ready to play. Worst game I have ever seen besides the less Sacklayers. Woo, yeah, that's going back a long time. Our offensive line is the worst I've ever seen. Can't run block, can't pass block. Tony says, I'm too disappointed to make an insightful comment. Gerald says, it's the most wonderful time it's the most wonderful time of the year the vikings are blowing in great teams are glowing but college draft hoping is near yes it's the most wonderful time of the year and james black says auto gold star so that's a james back yep so he must be a listener yep well i'm sure he is thank you very much that was uh very cool by <laughs> gerald string yeah, aren't you glad I was able to sing that out too? Did that did that help? Did that make it sound better, or was it to make it sound worse? I don't know. It's just a fact, isn't it? Oh boy, Todd, Todd Vandermey out of Indiana says, with play like that, Zimmer might as well put himself on the coaching hot seat. 
somehow he's lost his team. Don't expect the remaining games to look much different. No, I, I, I don't think the Vikings will beat the Packers, but I do think they should beat the Bears because the Bears, the Bears have their fishing rods ready, you know. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, unexplainable. Yep, unexplainable. That's probably the title of the show. <laughs> Playing the worst team in years. Why so many penalties and dumb ones? This team is not disciplined not playing as a team, and is going nowhere like it is. Nowhere. Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis says, brutal, that is all. Gerald says, at what point do we start to hold Spielman accountable? Khalil, only notable online. Too many misses in high picks. Yup, yup, here we go. Ponder. Chris Cook. Chris Cook, too. See, that's the other thing. Chris Cook, too. It's like you had to go really high to get cornerbacks, but not, you know, See, Trey Waynes, maybe it'll be okay, but 11th overall pick, I don't know. Xavier Rhodes was later later, uh, later in the draft than him in the first round, and he looks like a legitimate, super good cornerback. Uh, Second round, we have not done well. Um, I like Mackenzie Alexander, and I believe there's still a chance, but it's not after a good start. But Chris Cook, man, second round pick, a very, very high second round pick. We traded for this guy, and he stunk so bad. He was never good. Uh, Treadwell hasn't done anything yet. Toby freaking Gerhardt in the second round. Didn't do Jack. Ballard. Yuck. Terrible. Alexander. Um, let's slow down with Alexander yet, but he has not been good. No, he has not been good so far, but hopefully next year he'll be better. And Willie Beavers is a complete nobody. Zero. Um, Jason, Mac- Jason McCarthy says too many inconsistencies all year. Too many injuries and just plain disruptions to the team. I think we all know the long list. Kelly Dalton Garza has an angry face, and he says, have to support my team, but glad the season is about over next year. Tony Coleman says, Vikings going to Vike. I don't know this guy, but I feel his pain, and that was a video there. Gerald laughing at that one. Kimberly Possible says, ha, you're so fun to pick on. So, so yeah, did your team even play today? Kind of reminded me of last year. Oh, wait, maybe that was the year before. Oh, heck, they're all the same. Next year, will be better. Mm-hmm. Tony says, hey, we're Viking fans. There's always next year. Wow, this is busy. But people have a lot to say, so it is what it is. Maybe there'll be a lot of listeners this week. <laughs> There's so much. Dave Hickey says, I can't believe how this team just tanked at the middle to the end of the season. This seems to happen year after year for the last 50 years. Good teams have good lines. We have the defense, but since the offense couldn't couldn't drive the live because the O-line sucked shit. <laughs> this is just another Viking heartbreak at the end of the year. And yes, it is. He wraps his, his section up with, I think if they have six or eight picks next year, then they need to spend almost all of them on the offensive line. Tony needs to start scouting these guys ASAP. Yep. Yes, Tony, help us out. Robert Skull Viking Fisk. Yep. Yep. Oh, he is frustrated. We bleeping choked again. 54 years of disappointment continues. And I feel for you, Robert. If you're listening, because I, 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 he might be, I'm guessing he probably is. And if you're listening, trust me, I really feel for you, man. I do. I feel for fans like Robert that have been there from the beginning, pretty much. Um, I mean, <laughs> they put their heart and soul in this team. And, you know, it's just they let them down so many times. When the, even when the Vikings win the Super Bowl, 
it's guys like Robert that I that I will literally tears will roll down my cheeks for with joy for for guys like him that have been around so long and followed this team for their whole life. Uh, Dave Hickey, Mark Carlson have been around for so long too with uh, following the team. Uh, but Robert, yeah, but he's he's one of the he's one of the the he's one of the true lifers of this team, and I I feel for you, Robert Fisk. Todd Polahorn has a. Thumbs down, S-N-A-F-U. Whew, that pretty much says enough there, huh? Dave Hickey again, wow. And then we wrap up this section. He said, uh, Dave Hickey and Gerald will wrap up this section. Dave says, oh, I wish I could just press the button properly. I think they need better recruiters of talent coming out of college. Uh-huh, yeah. Great teams year after year have got great lines. They need to hit up the Big Ten teams for online help. Teams like Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio State, especially this year, is Dallas with, with a rookie quarterback. Even Tom Brady and Peyton, Peyton Manning weren't running for their life. We have talent at running back, but they can't even get one yard when they need to. Thank God you didn't have to watch this pathetic display, and I'm, I'm glad you didn't have to either. It was not worth it at all. Gerald Strings says, to wrap up this section, says, Dave Hickey, I must be really sick. I'm watching the NFL replay. Why? Is there help for me? When I'm done, I'll go lay in the gutter for the night. Wow, and a sad face there. Um, very tough. Very tough indeed. Um, and then I wrap things up uh, with a Facebook page. Well, I'll check the visitor post, see if there's much going on there. Ali posting on Friday with Flashback Friday where the Vikings beat the Colts 39-20. to And I do remember that. And that helped the Vikings... Uh, that helped the Vikings make the playoffs. I do remember that. Uh, that was pretty cool. It was a very, very needed victory. Um, I do remember that well. That was when Carter jumped into the uh, the stands, if I remember correctly. That's when how they snuck into the playoffs and eventually got to the second round. Okay, I'll mention this now. Wow, there's a couple more. Wow, this is really a busy week. Very, very busy week. Um, okay, there's only a couple. Uh, Brent, Brent Jacobson was saying uh, Michael Floyd was cut by the Cardinals. He would consider getting him in the offseason if he gets help first. And maybe, um, but right now, Michael Floyd might be helping the Patriots win the Super Bowl as the Patriots picked him up yet again. I like him a lot. Uh, he was cut by the uh, Arizona Cardinals after he was charged with a DUI. And that's frustrating. But um, sometimes players come back, and I think Bill Belichick will definitely help him out. We'll see what happens. Tony Coleman. This is kind of a nice little highlight before I wrap up the show with uh, the little second favorite team thing. Well, no, I'm gonna come back to the. Uh, I'm gonna come back to that first. I'll, I'll read the, the second favorite team first, and then we'll wrap up in a proper note with uh, Bob Schnelker. Um, I was saying, fun question for everyone: Who is your second favorite team? When things get sour, who do you cheer for? The Vikings are not in the playoffs. See, because it's fun to have a rooting interest in the playoffs. I'm not saying, oh, you know, I have two or three teams. I'm a football fan whore. No, it's when your season's when your team is out. It's fun to have at least a rooting interest going into the playoffs, isn't it? Isn't it fun once in a while? And if nobody you like is there, then so be it. Like some years it is like that, but lately it really have been lately there's been a team to back every year for me because I uh, my second favorite team I was is the Patriots. I was saying everyone knows my answer is the Patriots. How about you? This of course is not a bandwagon fan. It's just having a second favorite team. We all do. I just admit it openly. Now, not everybody does, but most of us do. Um, I know Gerald likes the donkeys, as he calls them, the uh, Denver Broncos. Jerry Hicks says, I have a top three that are all full of disappointment. The Vikings, the Vikings born in Minneapolis, lifelong diehard fan, and the disappointment never ends. Two Cardinals lived in Phoenix for 25 years and had season tickets. 
They were super cheap in the late 90s. Three Chiefs. Now I live in Missouri for the past 15, so I'm pulling for the Chiefs. Tony Coleman says, the Broncos are my AFC team. My brother-in-law, who is a Vikings fan, first moved to Denver a number of years ago. He started following the Broncos as a second team, and we did too so at first, so we could keep up with the conversation. But now, because we actually kind of like them, it's fun to watch a team that wins sometimes. And yes, that's why I'm in with the Patriots, and he's laughing there. Felix DePell out of Germany says, the only NFL game I ever watched live was in Oakland, so they will always have a special place in my heart. They got boat raced by the Texans, 14-35, to 35, I believe, but you saw special skills with Carr and Max. So that was just last year, Felix, out of Germany. Cool. Jeff Roiland out of Iowa says, just the Vikes. No other no other favorites. Just here for anyone playing against the, the greenback, yeah, the shitheads in green. I'm not even going to type their name. Dustin Mayer Henry wraps this section up with, oh no, there's a couple more. Uh... But they're very short. Uh, Justin Mayer Henry says, do not have a second favorite team. I don't believe in that. Vikings only. I've rooted for the Broncos on occasion when I go to a game in Denver, but that's about it. Gerald wraps it up saying, Orange Crush, Denver Broncos. Okay, Joey knows that. Let's go number three, Kansas City Chiefs, who also blew it today. Any team playing the Cowboys or Packers. Yep, and I don't like the Cowboys or the Packers, but the Seahawks I hate even more than the Cowboys now, which is pretty crazy. Um, Yeah, my third favorite team would be either the Dolphins or 49ers, I'd have to say. I mean, I, I you know, I, I like to see the Dolphins succeed. I mean, we never play them anyway, so, and it's very rare, so that type of thing. All right, you know, I, I like the Dolphins. I just kind of always like the Miami teams, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, Patriots, and I, and I would like the, you know, and I like the 49ers. I like to see them succeed on occasion, but they won't for a long time. So let's wrap up the whole fan interaction with Bob Schnelker. Yep, uh, Tony posted this, and, of course, yep, I was... I, I never posted it, so I just let Tony have it up there. Uh, Bob Schnelker, unfortunately, see, I probably should have posted it because then it would have been more out front where fans could interact more. I don't like how Facebook pages do this where they put visitor posts way on the side where nobody sees it. It should be up front, too, like, like it used to be. But Bob Schnelker passed away at age 88. He was the first Viking to score a touchdown. And he was also, of course, the offensive coordinator that Jerry Burns liked so much and that he defended, and he went on a 40-plus F-bomb rant in a five-minute press conference, much more wordy than uh, Mike Zimmer was today after the Vikings beat, I believe it was Cincinnati, and helped them win the division in 1989. Or, or it was just they beat them, but maybe they were on en route to winning a division title in 1989 or 88. No, this is 89. Um... But it was pretty funny how he defended him, and he went a bleep and saying, Snelker will be the offensive coach, no bleep in question about it, and he kept going. Uh, but uh, a shame to see him go. Uh, passed away at age 88. Uh, Jerry Burns, uh, pretty, pretty tearful on the air with Dan Barrero, stuff like that. Uh, they're both in their late 80s, so a quick moan of a silence for Bob Snelker. Thank you again, Bob, and... Uh, God bless you. Hope uh, hope to see you again in a better place one day. And I will see you again in a better place one day. I don't even know why I say it that way. My, my bad. We'll see him again in a better place one day. Thank you again, all of you, for your loyalty to this show. So let's wrap up with the star section here. Gold star. Well, I guess back-to-back for Dave Martin. <laughs> I usually don't do back-to-back, so I like to kind of spread the wealth around. But Dave Martin will get the back-to-back gold stars. <laughs> He's chasing that year gold star again, isn't he? Justin Mayer Henry, though, with a gold-plated silver star today. Just awesome. Um, 
really really amazing comments along the way uh bronze star mm, so many oh it, it's tough to pick people Mm, Bronze Star, Tony Coleman today. Very cool, very active, and uh, <laughs> not afraid to post pictures of the beer and the whiskey at times with the frustration of the game. So Tony Coleman, Bronze Star today. Uh, Gerald Spring will share that, too, with that funny little song he he, he drew up. And, uh, man, Dave, Dave Hickey deserves one, too. Three Bronze Stars today. Very crazy. Dave Hickey, lots of heartfelt comments on there as well. Thank you guys for your loyalty to the show, despite the frustration of this team. I um, want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Uh, I'll be saying that more on the next show, too, but I don't know when that show will be released. So hopefully the Vikings can pull that off. Ultimately, I'm not sure they will, but I really hope you enjoy the Christmas as we as we head into that. And I want to wish all of you a very safe, <laughs> safe, happy Christmas here. It's going to warm up a little bit, so you won't have to freeze as much as it has been. Um we may get a little snow on Wednesday, at least here in the Twin Cities. Not sure if it's going to get worse over there in Iowa or uh, what the weather's like in Germany or Scotland right now. For those of you who are Australia, it's getting warm now. It's summertime there. It's like June there, basically. It's the anti, you know, anti-weather, or it's the opposite, opposite hemisphere. So it's basically what June is here over there now. So hope you guys are having a nice, happy Christmas season. Um, happy holidays to the rest of you that don't celebrate Christmas. Want to wish all of you a great and happy Hanukkah and and Kwanzaa and such. Wish all of you a safe time and thank you again. Do take care. We'll be back again next week.